Want to talk about a new movie? Check. Want to talk about an older movie similar or related to that new movie? Check. That's what you can expect from Quality Check Podcast. It's a new podcast on the Studio DNA Network hosted by yours truly, Drew Douglas and Daniel Posey. Every other Tuesday, we'll talk about a new movie and an old movie to see how the film's quality holds up. At Sif Pop, we're your movie friends. But are friends really friends if you don't know them? So grab a popcorn and head over to our row so we can share movies like friends do. There's always room for more movie friends. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the writer's room. Hello and welcome to Sif Pop Writer's Room. I'm your host, Aaron, but not that Aaron, of course. And today I'm joined by Sif Pop Writer's Austin. Hello, hello. As well as Kristen. Hello, how's it going? It is a day that is happening. So there's that. <laughs> we uh, write for SifPop.com. We do uh, movie reviews, best ever challenges, lots of other interesting movie-related articles. Uh, Kristen just had a review published like a day ago as, as we're recording uh, for, for Nine Bullets. Right? Yes, uh, I did. Uh, Austin, you had something published recently, right? But it's been like a couple weeks, right? Uh, I think Better Nathan Ever was my last one. Got it. And then Firestarter should be this week. Oh, cool. So oh. maybe that's out by the time this episode publishes. We'll see. I just... Good question. Did you enjoy Firestarter? No. <laughs> okay, got it. I'm not alone then. There you go. There's your, for, for further thoughts, check out SifPop.com. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, lots of good stuff uh, by by these guys on the site. Um, I wrote about Tag recently um, oh. for uh, for another person's treasure, which is a movie that is not universally beloved that I adore. And Tag is the one with Jake Johnson and yeah. John Hamm, correct? Uh-huh. And Ed Helms and, seen... and Hannibal Burris and yes, yeah, yes, Jeremy and Jeremy Renner. Yeah, oh, Jeremy... I like the cast in that. Yeah, it's a good cast. It's it's really funny. Uh, I, uh, Isla Fisher as well. Uh, it's it's a really good, really good cast shot kind of well, kind of like how, like this was the same year that Game Night came out. Yeah. So kind of like when Game Night came out, we were like, oh, comedies can do this. Like Tag kind of experimented. Um, yeah, and I remember just, watching it. it just the good, comedy totally works for me. So, um, except, and I mentioned this in the article, there is a miscarriage joke that is just important. It, so. it did, is it like not age well now? Um, It, it was always uncomfortable. Okay. Have you seen it, Austin? Yeah, it's been a while. I like Game Night a little bit more, but I, yeah, me I, too. I do. I, I like Tag still too. Game Night's for sure the better movie. I, I I've, I've seen probably Tag more. Um, but yeah, there's just a yeah, there's a miscarriage subplot that um, is in poor taste to say the least. So it's it's my only knock on the film. But you can go check out more thoughts uh, at sifpop.com. Search for another person's treasure. And I watched that, uh, or I record, uh, wrote a thing on that. I was gonna um, watch, uh, or I was gonna write on Red Dawn the remake because I was like, I really like that movie. And uh, right before writing the article, I watched it again. I was like, No, this movie's bad. Yeah, uh, I was like saying to myself, I was like, It's fu- look, I'm it's, surprised to it's someone. Fine. No, it's it's not it. bad. It's fine. It's just the most generic action movie there's ever been with uh, some questionable casting. Uh, specifically yeah, Josh it's Pat, very but. questionable casting. Yeah, but like, I'll- it's not 15 percent on Rotten Tomatoes bad. So yeah, it's so- it's like 30 or 40 maybe. So this sparks me a quick question before we continue, if you don't mm-hmm. mind me asking. 
what do you think about the casting decision of Josh Peck joining the Christopher Nolan universe in Oppenheimer? <laughs> oh, just more white people? I, I've heard about this. I don't know. I just imagine every white person ever is in this movie. Uh, I think it would be a shorter list to list who's not in this movie. Right. Yeah, that, that's what this basically is. Right. Which white people aren't in this movie uh, would it's be It's like that Callum meme. Another list. one. Another and, white boy. Another. Yeah, another. another one. So, yeah. I'd, look, Josh Pack is uh, – he, he's great in Drake and Josh, and I, I think he needs to stay in it. Um, so anyway, uh, so there's lots of fun stuff in that Another Person's Treasure article. I can go check out there. Um yeah, uh, so that's some recent stuff we've written on the podcast today. Uh, we're going to talk about two coming attractions. There are two films coming out, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, as well as uh, Men. Uh, yeah, those will be coming out this week. Uh, then we'll talk about uh, some some uh, TV stuff. We'll catch up on what TV we've been watching. Guys, I promised I watched some TV this month, um, so I'll <laughs> actually have more than two things to say. And uh, for, uh, for the B-plot, we'll talk about which show had the best ensemble of all time. Ensemble cast. I think uh, you know we'll each list a couple, but I think it might be fun if we try to like definitively settle on like one of the options that we suggest. Uh, um, like as a official Sif Pop Writers Room best ensemble cast, um, and that'll be fun because I think that uh, we might just come with nine different things, and there will definitely be shows that I haven't seen that are on your guys' stuff, and vice versa. But. We'll finish up with a spinoff, of course, which is a quick recommend or warn from each each one of us. But let's get a chance to know our writers this week. Uh, Kristen and Austin, you've both been on once uh, so far. Um, so I've gotten a chance to ask you guys the questions of uh, how you got involved in writing for SifPop.com. I think I want to I want to run with this for a little bit. I want to know what is your favorite part about uh, writing for SifPop? What is the best part about being? That's a good question. Austin, do you want to go first or you want you want me to? Uh, I can. It don't matter. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I find that my writing is getting better and I, I, I enjoy that. And uh, because when I started out, it was a lot of just trying to fill in what we had to write. And now I'm remembering stuff I learned in college about how to write a paper and I'm using that to write my reviews. Nice. Props so. to Robert on that. Uh, I mean, also just props to practice, but yeah. Robert, Robert does all the text editing on the site because um, he is the best. Yeah. And I get to see, I get to see a lot of more movies than I would probably would have seen too. So. Yeah, I can agree to that. I think just stemming off from that, it gets me to explore mo- more movies that I guess I wouldn't have, excuse me, I would have never watched like Nine Bullets is a mm. film that's like been poorly received, but like it's something I thought I would never watch, but watched anyways. And I thought it was okay to say the least, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it gets me to experiment and have fun with different scr- either films or just something like I thought I would never watch. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like mm. even getting to write about like something small that nobody may not have seen or uh, yeah, I think it that's the best part of it and of it all. And just also it agrees just, uh, just working on the writing and experimenting like on how your grammar is when it comes to writing and expanding on your thoughts and all that. So nice. Uh, look, I, I think I could say seven or eight different things about what it's like uh, to be a writer and even an editor at Sif Pop. But one of the things that's been really cool is just the community that's happened. And I know that's going to be a lot of people's answers. Um, and so I, I wanted to narrow in on one aspect. But like, it's, it's just kind of nice to have movie friends around. Um, you know, especially like when, when I started writing for Sif Pop, I was relatively new to the city that I live in. And so like, it was nice to just like, like, I feel like Robert is, is one of my closest friends. And 
it's mm-hmm. because we communicate so much about what goes on at the site and then he's on the show once a month. And so it's like, I, I, I would consider all of the writers, my friends. And, uh, uh, but like, I, like, but it's just like weird that like, I feel like I have better relationships with the Civ pop people than I do with people in real life. Yeah, it's true. So. It's like the people that you collaborate more and I feel like that you have opinions with is the better kind of friendships that you have. It's just like, well, and our Slack channel helped with that a bunch because when mm-hmm. I first started writing, there was not that. So it was just like you were reading other people's work and maybe interacting on Twitter, but maybe not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then Slack happens. And now it's just like we're like, like I'm just blown away at the fact that like we have a Civ Pop writer living with another Civ Pop writer and their biggest connection has been Civ Pop. Like, and and like uh, like R- Rowan and Foster when when Rowan's in college lives like five minutes away from Foster so they're like let's hang out and like that's just Aww. awesome I think it's I think it's just the coolest thing so um, yeah it's it's just a lot of fun but I think the the oh, and I said we're we're your movie friends and like I have movie friends and like I just wanted to point out that that's a line that we have in the intro of this podcast which changed last week so if you if you're one of those people that skips through the intro. Um, go back and listen to it because I spent some time and revamped that. So uh, I'm I'm really happy with where the is the intro music monologue whatever it is. But um, the, but the thing I really wanted to emphasize is kind of what uh, what you started to say, Kristen, was that like there's so many new movies that I'm exposed to uh, just because of being so connected with with these uh, with these writers. I mean, there's frequently like everybody's dying to talk about something. Like I- I'm just trying to imagine a world like where where I'm not a part of here and like what movies am I actually seeing? And there's definitely a lot that I wouldn't have gotten around to mm-hmm. because I wouldn't have heard about, like I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like the biggest example I can think of right now is X, which is a movie mm-hmm. I really enjoyed this year. Yeah. That was one of my favorites so and far I've seen. It didn't have a lot of marketing. It didn't have a lot of even, even a lot of public word of mouth, but there was a couple mm-hmm. of pop writers that saw it and they're like, this movie's great. And so I went yeah. to the theater the next day and it is great. And it's on digital now. So you can go check out X yeah. on digital. And like seeing X was my only exposure to the trailer for everything everywhere all at once. And like, I don't want to live in a world where I haven't seen everything everywhere all at once. Cause it's just an incredible movie. So, yeah. um, so it's just one of those things that like, those are two examples I could think of off the top of my head, but of course there's plenty. Um, if you listen to the goat segment with Robert and I, there's always stuff that we're talking about. That's like, yeah, it's cool that we finally got to watch this. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's just getting to hear about all these movies and we publish a ton of stuff on the site. And then just, that's also aside from the stuff in our Slack chase. I just, you know, I'm not just seeing whatever new Marvel and DC and Disney property is out, but it's also like, Hey, like there's that new a 24 film or there's that new Blumhouse film where there's that new searchlight pictures or like there's that little indie film that nobody's talking about but watch out because it might be an awards contender yeah Jonah. totally uh, <laughs> um, so anyway it's just it's just cool um, all right, before we move on, uh, I got to know, uh, we're, we're doing this at the top of the show now. Um, we're going to prom- get a chance for you guys to promote your stuff. Where do you want to send people to so people can, can give you a follow or whatever? Austin, let's start with you. It's been a while since I've heard you. Uh, Green Arrow 07 on anything. Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox. So. Cool. There you go. Green Arrow 07, Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox. Uh, wherever wherever else you might search for, for profiles. If, if, if there is a Green Arrow 07, it's Austin. If there's not one. He's not on it. So. Pretty much, because even on, I think it's the same on TikTok as well. <laughs> uh, I was casually trying to allude to an OnlyFans thing joke, but... <laughs> oh, no! 
Just casually. Oh, no. Uh, so if there's no Green Arrow 07 on OnlyFans, then there's no Austin on Anyway, let's move on before I say something bad. Uh, Kristen, <laughs> where do you want to send people? What's What are the, what are the pe- ways you want people to follow you? Oh, you guys can follow me anywhere. My name is uh, Miss Filmingo on Twitter and Instagram, but actually on Twitter it's K Filmingo, but I go by Miss Filmingo, M S dot F I L M I N G O. And that's again on Instagram. And you can look at me on the Emma K Productions podcast, which is another show that I'm on with one of my best friends named Mac. And I write for, of course, Sif Pop and, of course, another website called Scribe Mac. And then I'm also on TikTok. You can find me just about anywhere. And just with the latest film stuff, I'm always, it's always happening on my, my social end. So don't miss out. There you go. I'll have uh, probably just the Twitters in your episode description below. And then you guys can find other places uh, for them, either based off of that. Or at least that gives you one place. So, you know, hey, she said it was this. So I'm going to... Uh, so yeah. And then, uh, one quick question before we get moving on, I have a random question for you. I thought this was just really funny that this came across on your generator because this question would have been so different two and a half years ago. Um, whoever, whoever wants to answer first can answer first, but how often do you work in your pajamas? That's a great question. I got my house. How often do you wear pajamas to work? Like for whatever job that you, for whatever, whatever brings you income, how often do you wear pajamas for it? Uh, I love that question. Never. I can't. <laughs> I wear real pants yeah. work, so. I mean, it was the best kind of job in the world if you can actually go in your car and drive to work in your pajamas, unless you're like a teacher and it's pajama day for all the kids in the school. But no. For me, since I work from home, the nice part is like I can just wear like sweatpants or mm-hmm. like yoga pants and I'll just wear like a comfy sweater and then I'll just change later and go back into my PJs <laughs> just in yeah. case because I get worried that I got I have to go on a Zoom call and I'm like, oh, no, I don't want anybody seeing me in my pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, this is kind of a trick question because like I don't I don't wear pajamas because like I think that jeans are the comfiest piece of clothing out there, which is weird. I, I think I don't know. Like. I would hey, take jeans over sweatpants every day. So um, <gasps> sweatpants are the life. I mean, l- also remember, like I'm a guy, so I wear guys' clothes. So <laughs> if I had to wear girls' jeans, I probably wouldn't. Uh, but I mean, I don't wear my jeans that often. I wear sweatpants more than anything. It's just like you know, I don't, I don't. I mean, that's kind of a trick question. But in general, like the job that I am transitioning out of is like a very like essentially just be modest like be look kind of professional but like there's no like a suit tie collared shirt anything. it's like wear clean clothes to work that you know are that somebody would look at you and not grimace so um so that's kind of been my thing but yeah anytime i'm working from home it's yeah it's sometimes like it's like a staff meeting or whatever it's like yeah i haven't showered today what about it um <laughs> you know like that's after this and then i go do other things uh, so kind of a trick question, but, uh, let us know on Twitter, reply to this episode. How often do you wear pajamas? I think that's a fun question. And also if you're replying, if you're going to go ahead and put that information out there on Twitter, uh, how much, uh, like what's, what's the difference? What's the, what was the difference two and a half years ago versus now? So, you know, like, cause like you said, you work remote Kristen. So like, you know, I, I don't know if you had the same job two and a half years ago, but my guess. I didn't. I was just getting out of, I had my last year of graduate school so i was finishing up there but i like even what i wore to graduate school wasn't any different i still wore like <laughs> yoga pants and yeah, yeah, a sweater because yeah. I, w- I had long commutes and i wanted to be comfortable so i think we all wore yoga pants to grad school so yeah i mean who doesn't love a good pair of nice stretchable yoga pants <laughs> i'm sure you did <laughs> 
No, I do not have a body for yoga pants. Uh, <laughs> actually, when I was in grad school, maybe. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, very nice. Well, let's uh, let's get to talking about some movies. Again, let's move away from the yoga pants before I say something that's going to get me in trouble. Uh, no. <laughs> I'm just one of those people that I say things when they come to my head, so. Uh, yeah, it's better just to move on before I get a chance to say something inappropriate. But, uh, Austin, do you want to start with uh, Chippendale or do you want to start with men? Uh, Chippendale is one I actually probably will see out of both of them, so we can start with it. Okay, so uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, this is a Disney Plus original movie, by the way. Um, like, it's, uh, it's what will be released on uh, Disney Plus this Friday exclusively. So, uh, uh, yeah, May 20th. So make sure if you're looking for it that's where you go this isn't a theatrical release it's a disney plus original and this isn't premiere access anything like that it's just disney plus so um chippendale rescue rangers is 30 years after their popular television show ended chipmunks chippendale live very different lives with a cast member from the original seriously series mysteriously disappears the pair must reunite to save their friend this is directed by akiva schaefer of the lonely island fame uh, voice work by Will Arnett, J.K. Simmons, Eric Bana, Seth Rogen, Andy Samberg, Keegan-Michael Key, Dennis Haysbert, Kiki Lane, John Mulaney, uh, Chris Parnell, uh, Paula Abdul, uh, Tim Robinson, uh, and probably your dog's mother. And uh, <laughs> just anybody that's ever been funny ever. So, um, Chippendale Rescue Rangers coming to Disney+. Plus. Um, Austin, you, you kind of teased us by saying that it would be the one out of these two that you would probably go see. So, on the scale of... Let's imagine this is exclusively theatrical and nothing is going to keep you seeing this film except for your home, uh, except for your, your your own free will. So no budget schedules, you know, um, requirement to see films or whatever. The only thing that's keeping you is their free will. Would you go opening weekend, wait a couple weeks, wait till you can rent it at home, wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for, or are you just not interested? I mean, with it coming to Disney Plus, I'll probably catch it this weekend. Uh, if it was in the theaters, I would probably still go this weekend. It looks funny and I like all the people in it, so... Uh, Probably uh, opening weekend if it was not streaming. Uh, okay, sure. Uh, so so opening weekend, either way. Cool. What about you, Kristen? Oh, yeah, I have to agree. Um, I would have gone to see this opening weekend if it, if it wasn't streaming on Disney+. Plus. Um, this I would have paid for like a matinee show because just given the cast and just like I feel like it's not the movie I would want to go out to spend like the $20, but this is like a $5 like, yeah. <laughs> afternoon watch, you know, and uh, I really would love to see it because of the cast that's involved and knowing Akifa Schaefer, knowing that he worked on uh, the pop star movie. Mm-hmm. And I adored that movie. I think it's so incredibly underrated and I'm just so curious to know how he brought on to this direction and telling a new story of the Chippendale Chippendales, like what we don't know as an audience and get this goofy side to the, to the characters and knowing John Mulaney's involved. I mean, it has to be funny. And, and uh, Andy Samberg, it has to be funny. And it's, it seems really unique with the way they do it too, with the 2d and the 3d style. Like I just like the creativeness to that. So mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see how it's going to play out in the end. I'm hoping it's at least a solid watch. Like, I don't expect to be mind blown, but I would love to be mind blown in the end. Uh, I'm going to be the lowest on all of us. Uh, Guys, if you would ask me like two weeks ago, I would have said 100% like this, this, everything about this movie sounds exciting, but I'm going to land in matinee, um, Mm -hmm. like a a pretty soft matinee. 
it, it's kind of for two reasons. Um, number one is the fact that they've changed it to Disney Plus original. Like, and it made sense when they were doing that stuff with like, uh, what was what was that? Uh, like Clifford the Big Red Dog was a big one that pushed. Uh, I know that was yeah, Disney, the, but um, it was like the dual streaming. Like it was like in theater and I don't know that it did theaters. I think it was just Paramount Plus. No, they um, was in theaters too because I was remember seeing it like when I was going to my local theater, they were showing it there too, and a couple of other places. I mean, I wasn't gonna go see it anyway, yeah. even if it wasn't <laughs> Paramount Plus. But uh, with, yeah. so like, I, like at least that made sense because like Omicron was a really big threat, and since that was going to be primarily a kid, you know children aren't eligible for vaccination status so like like that made sense from a strategic point of like hey like this this isn't a you know uh this isn't the final nail in the coffin saying like there is no faith in this move is probably going to be bad i just i don't understand the move to disney plus for this one and uh like because maybe they just thought it's not going to make a lot of money but like nothing came out i mean firestarter came out last week and i I think austin's the only person that's seen it um so i saw it and i can agree with austin so so nobody outside the sif pop community has seen it uh well i mean it's on peacock so Oh, got it, got it, got it. Well, and uh, Doctor Strange too. I mean, it's still it's still making decent amount of money, but like it's yeah. it's not going to have the run that uh, uh, it's not going to have the run that most Marvel movies have. I don't think, at least, I don't know. We'll see. Um, and uh, I mean, I, Top Gun two is next week, so like, I do wonder, like, maybe they're just like, we don't want to move the date because we're excited about this movie, but we don't want it to only have, but ca- like counter programming, like because there's not really a family friendly movie out there right now. Um, the bad guys, I think, was the last one that came out. That was a month ago. Yeah. So, like, counter programming for Top Gun two, like something that you would take your kids to, which Top Top Gun's not necessarily like adult. And like Bob's Burgers comes out next week too, but that's not necessarily like no, that's something you don't take your kids to. I mean, I think you could, but it's it's more geared towards like middle schoolers and above in terms of maturity level. It's like when the Simpsons movie came out, like yeah, if anybody remembers that? I mean, Bob's Burgers <laughs> is a little bit more family friendly than Simpsons, but uh, in my opinion. Uh, but yeah, it's it's I, I I don't get the reason why they pulled it, and so that's reason number one. And reason number two is I was thrilled for this movie, everything about it on paper, and then the trailer came out, and I was just like, I think the movie's gonna be good. It's just I didn't laugh a lot, and yeah, that's a, and that's a shame because of the people involved. However, I'm just gonna I I'm just gonna hope that with this many funny people involved, Disney doesn't want to spoil all the jokes. Yeah, and, and I look. I really don't think that's going to be the case because typically in comedies you want to give out some of your best stuff, especially if it's. But I'm, I'm just gonna... hoping it's not an Artemis foul. That's the only thing. I just don't want it to be like so bad. It's like an Artemis foul situation. I'm just going to choose to choose to believe that Disney has their best jokes saved up for this. And look, realistically, because it's on Disney Plus, I'm going to watch it very quickly because, like, how can I not watch the next akiva goldsmith or akiva shaper shaper thing sorry different person uh with with will arnett jk simmons eric banas i throw i mean andy sandberg and john mulaney alone have me there but then you throw in keegan michael key and tim robinson it's like like this this is one of the funniest like casts assembled um especially recently um and these these are pretty experienced people with voice work and they're always great so uh i just i'm just hesitant because of the push to disney and because the trailer didn't really push my buttons, but um, that's why trailers suck. Trailers are not trailers are not the movies. They're just they're yeah, advertisement. Pieces. Yeah, and I and I know that it's not the people that make the movie that make the trailer. So you know maybe they're trying to market something different. Maybe they're trying to market it like more towards adults because they're like, hey, by the way, this isn't like a, a typical 
kids movie like this is really one that's made for you if you grew up with chip and dale but it's also made for you to introduce and dale. so like maybe i'll buy that maybe they're trying to go for an adult advertisement so um so yeah um that, i mean that's that's the sum of my thoughts uh but but please en- enlighten me and some more i would like oh discuss oh, more yeah. <laughs> oh okay. i mean if I there's say, things to say i mean I, I could add on to this because I, I was going to mention this earlier, but the one thing that kind of threw me for a loop I was not expecting to see in the trailer, or at least what's going to probably be shown in the movie, is that uh, Seth Rogen's Pumbaa is in that. And mm-hmm. I don't know if anybody watched that Lion King with the 2019. And I did not like that. And for him to show up as you know Pumbaa in this new Chippendales movie, I'm like, oh, no. I don't want to go down this street again. Like, please, no. Mm-hmm. I don't want to experience more of the 2019 or 2018, whatever it was, Lion King. I don't want to experience again. It was a nightmare to watch that remake. It was so bad. I'm sorry to anybody who liked that Lion King movie, but that was not how the Lion King I grew up with. <laughs> that yeah. it was so beloved that how that was made. So sure. I'm just, it's going to be something, <laughs> I will say. Okay. Do you have any other thoughts, Austin? Yeah. I mean, I've always liked movies that blend animation and real life because I've, I've watched, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Space Jam and the Looney Tunes back in action. And mm-hmm. so I'm excited to just see another film like that. Um, but I, I, I'm not expecting it to make box office numbers if they did release it in theaters. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's on Disney Plus. So I can just watch it here Sunday morning sometime. So I got to work this weekend too. So it feels like a good, like, Saturday morning cartoon vibes like anybody who like I mean all of us grew up with on the Saturdays watching cartoons mm-hmm. on a sa- Saturday morning whether it was like something on like a cartoon network or like the Disney mm-hmm. old school 90s Disney and you know you would watch stuff like this so I think they're going for advertising at least they're trying to get that nostalgia feel yeah yeah I'm happy this is coming to to Disney plus because I would be very like hesitant to go see it I'd wait till reactions from people i follow on letterboxd but uh but yeah like i'm probably gonna pop this in if i have some free time on friday so um uh, yeah, we'll see uh so let's move on to the other one um austin we started with you last time so Kristen, we're gonna start with you uh men this is the new uh, alex garland film written and directed by him um if you're unfamiliar with the name writer director of ex machina and uh annihilation as well as some other projects like 28 days later he didn't direct but 28 days later and uh um dread which it's kind of up in the air on whether he not whether or not he directed dread um so i'll let them sort that out back there but uh a, a young woman goes on a solo vacation to the english countryside following the death of her husband it's very vague for what we're getting but you know that's what they choose to put on imdb and uh I respect the the vagueness. Uh, the the big casts that um, that I, I I see are we got Jesse Buckley um, is is one of our main characters and Rory Kinnear is also Rory Kinnear is also one of ours and there's a couple other people that like look like you might recognize the their face. It's a relatively small cast. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gail Rankin, the other another one that but um, I think that's because she played Emily in Perry Mae. Good show. Um, anyway. Uh, men, when do you think you would check this out, Kristen? Again, this is a theater, theater, theatrical release, by the way. But again, uh, nothing keeping you there except for your free will. Uh, would you go opening weekend? Wait for a matinee. Wait till you can rent it at home. Wait till it's on a streaming service you already pay for. Or are you not interested in seeing? It? Okay, so at first I wasn't interested because I wasn't a huge fan of Alex Garland. Like I didn't really like Ex Machina. I know I'm like one of those people you? who really 
couldn't get into it. How and I dare just thought you. I knew I felt it was very predictable. And I remember going with my friends to see it. And I just had this like idea in my head once I knew was going on with Alicia Vikander and I said it and I played out exactly how I knew it and I go, I told you so. And uh, <laughs> and then I, I wasn't crazy uh, about Annihilation either. Let me let me defend Ex Machina for a second. I don't think the movie was supposed to shock you in, in where it went. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know that knowing where the movie ends up is necessarily unique or ruins the experience, but I'll, I'll back up and you, you know, I'll, I'll give my thoughts on Annihilation later. Yeah. I wasn't crazy about Annihilation. I prefer though, if I would have watched the two again, I would have preferred like Ex Machina or that, but uh, I didn't get to watch Devs. And then I'm just curious about men because of the horror elements mm-hmm. it has towards it. And I do like Jesse Buckley and it just seems kind of a unique film. The more that um, people are reviewing it and just saying how creative it is. I'm very curious. So at first I was going to say like, yeah, I'm not interested and maybe I'll wait for more reviews. But now this is something I'm actually very curious about as someone who's like a huge horror fan like myself. I do want to go see this opening weekend like matinee since I'm not a crazy Alex Garland fan, so but I'm I do want to see this. Okay, what about you, Austin? I've only seen the one trailer, and that was before the unbearable weight of massive talent, mm-hmm. and it didn't really sell me on it. I haven't. I, I I think I rented Annihilation after it came out on Redbox, and I still haven't seen Ex Machina. It's in one of my queues on one of the streaming services I have. Uh, I want to see it. It's just I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 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 took me like a little bit of a like a Stafford Wives kind of movie. From the trailer i don't know what they're trying to push so uh but it doesn't really look like it's going to be exciting for me so i probably i don't know if i will see it <laughs> are you an a24 fan yes okay is yeah. anybody not <laughs> like here's the thing with it you don't know what it is going to be with an a24 it could be really really good or really really bad and, and it's yeah. like interesting how they play with their films like you know they're going to satisfy audiences or dissatisfy audiences so it's like that's the game when you go into like I guess with the movie. So yeah, it's gonna be everything, everywhere, all at once, or the lighthouse. I said what I said. Uh, <gasps> no, not the lighthouse. I love the lighthouse. No, I still need to see that one. Fine, it's gonna be X or it's gonna be Uncut Gems. I also <gasps> said what I said. Uh, <laughs> You're killing me. You're killing me. Um. Uh, anyway. <laughs> uh. Guys, I'm going to buck the trend again. I am opening weekend for men. Absolutely. I am thrilled to watch this movie. It's because of my love for Alex Garland, but this trailer captivates me as well because there's there's so much mystery in this that mm-hmm. I don't have the, the slightest clue on where to even begin to think about where this is going. And gosh, that feels refreshing for a movie. Um, so I, I love I love the this. I mean, it, it reminds me a lot of um, last year's old when it was just like, this is a really intriguing concept. I don't know what they're going to do with this, but I'm here for it. And I liked old. Um, Thank you. So yeah, old's fine. Like I was the only one that liked that movie. No, it's not great, but it's fine. Uh, it's enjoyable. And, uh, and so I feel like, uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm the trailer captivated me. Um, I, I really like uh, the, the performers um, that, that are in the trailer. I like, I know I've seen them in places. Like I know the, the guy is in the, the 007 Daniel Craig movies as Tanner. Um, and so, like, I know he's been in some other things, too, but that's, like, the most known thing. I mean, maybe, is he most known for... I think he plays the the Prime Minister in that very first Black Mirror episode. Uh, maybe that's a different guy, but... Um, 
I'm pretty sure that's the same person. And either like he might be more known for that because Tanner doesn't get much to do in the double sense. But uh, either way, just I the trailer captivated me. I'm uh, I, I haven't seen devs. I've heard nothing but good things about devs, and I, uh, I I really want to to get around to it. But I know it's one of those that like you really have to like settle into. So yeah, that's what a lot of people had mentioned to me. Like when like I had to cancel my cable for a little bit, and I remember it coming out, and one of the sh- channels I couldn't get was FX, and mm. I was like, all right. And now that I have like Hulu again, it's like one of the you know shows I have on my queue but I'm like do I want to watch it while I'm like eating dinner and doing other activities or do I want to sit there and spend like seven or eight hours watching yeah it's that second one for sure I mean having not seen it but I just know it will be and I just uh I I just I I love um I love Ex Machina it's like it's it's high up on my Hundred movies of all time list. Um, I mean, high up is relative. I think probably around like seventy, maybe eighty. Uh, I'm at high up in terms of like numbers, not in terms of like low score wins. Like, uh, mm-hmm. But it is on my favorite films of all times, just because I love it. And and Annihilation is a movie that I left the theaters, and I was just like, I don't know if I loved or hated that, and I think I might have hated that. And then I just like search. It's one of those movies like. Enemy is another movie I can think of that this happened where I watched it and then I watched the film's runtime and people analyzing the movie. Like I spent more time watching people analyze the movie than I spent watching the movie and uh, just really appreciated it after that. And um, and I think it's so, so varies in what you can take away from that movie. Mm-hmm. But regardless... It is the it has the single most effective horror scene I've ever seen in a, in a film, which is the, uh, the 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 bear, the mimic, um, which is just frightening and scares the pants off of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has some really intriguing ideas, some really compelling performances, some really creative visual flair. Um, I I don't love Annihilation. I don't watch it. Um, like I don't watch it frequently. I think I've maybe seen it two or three times. Uh, but I think about that movie a lot. So, uh, yeah, anything Alex Garland has his name attached to is an instant, like very excited for, um, and knowing that it's only going to be a, 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 you know, I assume between 90 and 300 minute movie. Uh, I think it's closer to like two hours or an hour and a half. I don't know for Mm. sure. I can look that up actually, but, um, but like knowing it's that versus like devs would be an uh, hour 40 minutes. So yeah, knowing it's just a hundred minutes in and out is like, cool, let's do it. Um, so I'm very excited for men. Who's that? Any other thoughts? Are you guys ready to talk about some TV? Let's talk TV. Yes. All right. Cool. Well, before we do that, a quick Patreon shout out. Uh, just Patreon is available for this podcast, patreon.com siftpopwr. If you're interested in supporting what goes on there, uh, there's a bonus, uh, perks bonus stuff that you can check out um, at different various tiers, um, $5, $10, and $20 a month. So go ahead and check out that if you're interested in uh, in supporting what goes on here and getting some extra content from me. I have no idea why somebody would want to pay for more of my voice, but you know, maybe that's you. So, uh, <laughs> uh patreon.com slash sift pop WR. All right, let's finally talk about some TV. Um, guys, I want to know, I want to move this question to the start. Uh, what is your favorite TV show of all time? Um, I finally broke down and say, I can't have just one anymore. I have to say, here's my favorite 30 minute and here's my favorite 60 minute because they are vastly different shows, um, for vastly different purposes. And so my 30 minutes is scrubs and my 60 is Watchmen. I've been saying that for a while. It's not changing. I don't see it changing anytime soon. Uh, but just as a quick example of like of that. So uh, I got to know, Austin, what is your favorite show of all time? 
Uh, it's going to have to be Scrubs. I have probably seen every episode at least half a dozen times, if not more. My man. <laughs> uh, after uh, that, I couldn't decide, so it had to be either Burn Notice, Doctor Who, or Game of Thrones. Okay. So, sure. For my hour. That's okay. We got Scrubs there. Uh, <laughs> mad props to anybody that's also a Scrubs fan. Because I feel like I, I talk to a lot of people that are like, yeah, I've seen a couple episodes and I liked what I saw, but I haven't gotten around to it. I'm like, but you really should. Uh, I think what about I you, Kristen? I rewatched it every time it comes on a new streaming service, too. Yeah, yeah I, I, I bought the DVDs because, one, the original tracks, and two, you know, I, 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 I paid for them rather than paying for Hulu for the longest time. And I like to buy things that I like because I don't want to have to worry That's about when the internet That's how physical media works. I feel like you want to yes. own something that you loved, especially like seeing it at theaters or watching it on TV. That's like part of having your collection. Well, and my, my, my purchases for Scrubs doesn't count. Uh, but I, I like to support creators too. I know they get mm-hmm. money based off of how many DVD sales they make, but I mm-hmm. bought Scrubs entirely secondhand, so uh, you know they don't they don't really get my money for that. But you know, uh, yeah. Um, Kristen, what's your favorite show of all time? Ooh, this is a good one. So um, I feel like the last time I was here, I said Friends, and I I'm still gonna say Friends, and for the rest of my life, I think I'm going to say Friends because I love love Friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, any girl who grew up in the 90s is, I think, going to say friends, though. <laughs> Regardless mm-hmm. of that, I, I still love the show, and I have it on, like, all the time, either in the background or just whatever, and I can quote it so many times. I feel like my family gets sick of me knowing how much I can quote friends and everything. But uh, my favorite 60-minute hour program-length show would have to be probably Bates Motel. Nice. That's a very original answer. Yeah, I just love that show. And again, as someone who's a huge fan of horror, I love what they did with the character of Norman Bates and exploring the whole character of his mother and just the the idea of it. It just it's a really well put together show. It's a show that was never long hauled or anything, and it's Mm -hmm. so captivating. In every single episode, it's very, very unique. Cool. Well, there you go. Now you got a sense of what kind of show each of us like. So let's talk about some of the things that we are are watching uh, on TV. Uh, gosh, where where do we want to start? Where do we want to start? Let's talk about the one thing that all of us are watching, please. Uh, let's talk about Barry. <laughs> um, Yay, Barry! Now, now look, I want to be clear. Um, we, I don't want to, I don't want us to spoil anything. So oh, if no. so, like, and I would go as far as to say. There's been four episodes of season three out. Let's just, I feel like if we need to spoil things from season one or two, like as long as you don't think they're going to ruin somebody's experience, I'm going to be lax with that. But let's, uh, let's try to talk around things that are happening in Barry season three, which by the way, isn't, isn't a ton, but I love everything that's going on. Um, I think the show is just at its peak and it's so interesting because um, at least I did. I don't know if you guys did. Um, I rewatched season one and mm-hmm. two leading up to season three. I did too. It's I'm like a day. <laughs> it's so incredible to see the progression that the show has made from when it started off being like 40% comedy to now the show was like 10% comedy, um, which is just interesting. And it, it, and it's like significantly more emotionally vested. Like, I I know that they've already been nominated. I think some of them might have even won. I think Henry Winkler already won. But if Henry Winkler and uh, Bill Hader do not get Emmy nominations for their roles in Barry season three, like then the world means nothing to me um, because they are both doing fantastic work. Like yes. the the very end 
of of episode three where it's just like in your face shook. and oh barry just gosh. says i love you is like the best acting he's ever done and i think he's a great actor and and just henry winkler's character this whole time is uh is he's 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 hitting his stride here i mean he's always been great as this kusano character but yeah. he's he's given a lot to do by giving very little like he's given a lot to do under the surface i adore this show uh i Me think too. it's it's just hitting its stride and it's so interesting to see the progression and i cannot wait to see where it continues to go you oh, there's a new episode was... tonight. Yes, I'm yes. so excited. So I'm going to watch it as soon as we're done with yeah, this. Yeah, me so too. I'm very, very excited. Um, and I completely agree on what you're just saying now and saying how the first season, second season two was like, you know, comedy base, you know, this dorky, oh, it's a hit man going on this thing, going to be an actor. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so funny. Now it's taken a whole turn and it's so in depth what it is and just an emotional journey of a drive of a character and you can see a huge difference in Bill Hader's performance and you know he's become such an incredible serious actor recently like forget his performance in It Chapter 2 like he's outstanding here oh my gosh like I would love him to see him like take on dramatic roles and I would absolutely love to see it when him and Jason Sudeikis have to fight it out for an Emmy yeah. Like, oh my gosh! Like those two, like between <sighs> Jason as don't Vegas don't make as, me already then, start thinking about that. <laughs> and then them as Barry, it's gonna be like the two, like my two, two of my favorite, like just two of my favorite, like SNL people from back in the day. Like oh my gosh! Like it's something I would have never pictured. But um, even Henry Winkler is just like so grown. Like everybody like knows him as Fonzie, and just seeing him. This whole other person, too, like, especially in the last episode, he left me shook. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Like, it was something I would have never, ever see Henry Winkler ever do in my life. Mm-hmm. And he's phenomenal. Austin, let's hear it. Uh, I've been waiting for season three to come out because, uh, what was it, 2019 when the, the last one was on? Yes, I think they were just getting ready to film and then the pandemic happened. Yeah. Um, And and then I think they took extra time to make sure that they really ironed it all out. And then they worked on season four, too. They had worked on season four. Is is season four already filmed or is it just like that? I don't even know. It's like they might be in pre production. I have no idea, but they have stuff mapped out for season four. I was just like, if they filmed back to back, that would would make me happy. But uh, go on. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Um, I, I, I. you may have tweeted it or someone tweeted it recently. The Ronnie Lilly episode in season two. Oh my God. It, it's 30 minutes it, of TV ever. It's the best 30 minutes of television I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And that, that's from season two, by the way. And let, I'm going to circle around back to that. What, I'm going to let you finish your thoughts. It still is amazing to me. I rewatched it just because I remembered it, it started recently. Yep. And I was like, this, this is just a good episode. Like, even just mm-hmm. listening to it in the background to remember everything was going on for season three. I still had to stop and watch all of that at that episode because it's just so good. Yeah, but I think Bill. This is some of the best work Bill Hader's done, and so it amazes me that he hasn't won an Emmy. You know, he's won nominations, like, great, but uh, for this show at least, yeah. He, oh, and he did win an Emmy. I think two Emmys in the past for I his think performance so. as Barry because I remember him. I don't like, know for sure. I just know he's been nominated, and so is yeah. Henry Winkler. I don't know for sure. Yeah, off and. The top uh, of my head. Which McCall it has been nominated? The girl, what's her name? 
can't uh, think of it. I, yeah, Sally. I, the character's Sally. name is Sally. I don't know the actress, yeah. but I really yeah, like her. She's, she's also in The Night House, too. which is my favorite horror film of last year. I didn't even get to see that yet. It's on HBO Max. I just found it on HBO Max. Yeah, I it's awesome. Watch it. so, uh, I watched it. Um, so, saying it's a horror film is a little misleading. It's a thriller um, with horror elements, but... Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that Ronnie Lilly episode is just perfect. And I, I asked um, in our Sif Pop uh, Slack channel, I said, I have a, I have a discussion. So you, listener, I, I'm throwing this challenge out to you. If you've never seen a single episode of Barry, watch season two, episode five, which is Ronnie Lilly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and skip the skip intro, uh, like do the skip intro. Uh, and just, you should be able to pick up on everything that's going on. And if this does not convince you, to watch the show, then there is no hope. But also, like, I'm so genuinely curious to think, but because I think you could take that Ronnie Lilly episode, make it a standalone, and it would be the best short film ever made. Uh, you could make it like a full length movie. It's like a full like you, know, you could hour long. Like, but I I, I think I think the timing is just great. I think the timing is just kind of perfect. So I think uh, yeah I, I just I think you could have it just be released as a short film, and mm-hmm. it would be in, immediately my pick to win. Uh, the Anything Oscar for, for, for live action short, yeah, and your know, best live action short ever made. But, uh, but yeah, it's uh, that episode is is just terrific. And about, I mean, it's look as a Scrubs fan, it's also like there's two particular episodes in Scrubs that will devastate you, um, and those are also two of the best thirty minutes of television you can ever see. Um, uh, but yeah, I it, Ronnie Lilly is is just up there as well. Um, Something, something also I wanted to point out is like, so I said that this show is like started off as 40% comedy and now is like 10%, maybe 5%. Mm-hmm. And pretty much all of it's in the NoHo Hank character at this point. And now Cristobal, which is essentially like a new no, like, I you love know, Christ- Hank. Cristobal was like still like super serious and super funny. And now he's kind of just like a sad puppy dog that is, I, I love him. Um, you know, it's, it's amazing that. You know they they have so many likable characters in the show of of bad people, um, but but it's um, yeah it's one of those things that like like they're providing most of the comedy, but there's still some genuinely hilarious moments. Like there, there's a moment my I, I I had to pause because I laughed straight for like thirty straight seconds. But there's a there's a moment in episode three where something is happening in the background, but we're focused on the foreground, which is these two people that are breaking up. And they're just like, you have too many dogs. And then a million dogs come running across the screen. And it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. I gotta go and rewatch that. It's, it, there, there's a chase sequence. And somebody is hopping fences in the backyard. And, so and they're talking about uh, like why they're breaking up. And then you, know, you see a million dogs come across the screen. They're like, you have too many dogs. And it's, <laughs> it's just hilarious. And then in the most recent episodes, episode four, uh, there's, uh, there's an audition. And... Um and they film and and there's this like goody two shoes lawyer guy that's like Captain Planet and his yeah. name is Hugh Manity and it's oh, like no. such clever screenwriting I I just think that the screenwriters are firing all and also cylinders Bill Hader is as well by the way Bill Bill Hader directed Ronnie Lilly um so um, he's doing some incredible work behind the camera as well but every everything about the show is just perfect and. I have I have one final thought that I want to say at the very end of our discussion about Barry, but I don't want to just you know have have let Barry be essentially my whole ramble. But um, so please, like, if there's other things you want to say, I just have one one question at the end. Yes. 
Or do you want to answer, answer it now? Or no, later? just it, after you feel confident to say everything you want to say about Barry at this moment. No, I'm, I'm ready. To, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Man, this is something I'm struggling with uh, just on my rewatch, especially knowing kind of what happens throughout the season uh, or throughout the series and especially in this season. I mean, like I've been thinking about this question a lot more. Um, how do we want this series to end? Because... It's it's one of those things like almost like Ted Lasso where I'm I'm not quite sure. Uh, at least, like at least Ted Lasso is I want everybody in that show to have the best things happen to them because they're all the the most wholesome people I've ever met in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, I've ever seen on that. screen because that. Um, so at least like Ted Lasso, we know that. But Barry has such complex characters that do we want Noho Hank to get away with everything he's gotten away with? I mean, he hasn't actually done a lot of stuff, but he's been involved in very bad things. And mm-hmm. do we want Cristobal? To get away with everything, do do we want do we want Barry to get away with? I think he's a hit. Whole... He's a hitman. We know he's a hitman, um, and we know that he wants to grow out of it. Like and the stuff that Kusano has like this yeah. show is full of complex people. Like how how do we want it to end? Do we want them to have a happy ending? It's do we want so... it to have a sad ending? That's the thing because I keep going thinking about this back and forth a couple times i'm like saying to myself how is this show gonna end like where could they take this this scene next besides even mm-hmm. how it's gonna end but i i feel like i would be spoiling things if i say what it is but i have a feeling like it's gonna be like almost like a breaking bad ending where it's gonna be really really sad that's what i'm afraid of oh you thought the breaking bad ending was sad yeah, but I understand it, like, you know, okay, I could spoil Breaking Bad now, because it's, yeah. like, you know. No, I I, I know that you know? yours is the popular opinion. I just was pretty emotionally unmoved by most of yeah. that show. Um, oh, no. I know, I'm just ruining your day. I don't know, first between, you know, Uncut Gems and The Lighthouse, now the Breaking Bad, you're... You're killing me. <laughs> also, The Office sucks, so let's just get that out oh, okay, there. Okay. Where was okay. that? <laughs> Man. Anyways. <laughs> no, I'm just like, I just feel like, you know, all the, you know, the only person I could see that has a gen- genuinely happy ending for this show is Sally. But. But I would have totally agreed with you at the end of season two. But gosh, I don't like her in this season. Like, intentionally, oh, okay. we're not supposed yeah. to like her. Yeah, I'm not a fan of her character this season, but I feel like she, like we're going to see her, like, I can just say now, she her character is an actress, and I feel yeah. like she's going to become this, like, great star, and then she's going to f- eventually fall out of love with Barry. That's what I think might happen. I mean... I think she has a connection to Barry, but I don't think she's going to love him as much, I think, when she realizes for who he is. That what do you think, Austin? very narcissistic, too. Yeah. yeah. Because anytime, like the two times we've seen him get a role, she just is immediately jealous of him. You can tell, oh, even yeah. praising him, she's immediately undertone is she's jealous that he got her. Like in the end of season two, getting a audition before a director, right. um, and getting signed an agent just by sitting in the lobby, like mm-hmm. yeah. um, because he was tall I, and stuff. I think yeah, it was <laughs> and I, I think it would per- work perfect for it to end sad and have a few mm-hmm. characters have a happy ending. Um, but I think it will have to end with Barry either getting caught or dying for it to make sense. It's not going to be like, a, like I said, I don't think it's going to be an ultimately satisfying ending for most of us. Like, I think we would all love to see like Barry out of the, the gang mob cartel, whatever you want to call it stuff. 
And he's been trying for two and a half seasons. He's been trying to, and it, so, it, you can always escape your past. That's the only thing, and I think that's what they're trying to show for this series. But there, I think I think the ultimate message is going to be your past does not define you, but also yeah. like you you can't avoid repercussions from the past. I think is what yeah. what the show is going to end on, and I think that's the only way you can end the show. Is is look here, here's here's a big problem with my thing for Breaking Bad is is and I, and look I I. I totally understand the philosophy that you don't have to have likable characters in your show, mm-hmm. but there's not a single likable person in Breaking Bad. Cause like even the paraplegic son winds up being an asshat and you're just like, how did that happen? And uh, like, how do I not want this guy to just inherit all the money and with no repercussions? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there's, and you could argue Jesse and maybe fine. Sure. Obviously Jesse's had, like a lot of tragedy happened to him. but but like the only character in that show seeking redemption is jesse and it's not until you know the later half of the show and like at least like for some of these like walter white never once wants to seek redemption um for what he's done like he never feels remorse and so like i'm unaffected by his death entirely um so so i feel like that's the only way you could end breaking bad is this is not a remorseful character so he does not receive mercy i mean his mercy is dying in you know and relatively quickly as opposed to you know uh spending the rest of his life in jail or watching his family suffer or whatever i don't i don't know whatever whatever justice looks like i don't know but like i feel like the show has to end with barry both because barry is seeking redemption this whole time he has to get his redemption but he also has to face his consequences and so i think yeah. that looks like he goes to prison or is so, some sort of, like, I don't think he's going to die at the end of the show. Okay. But there has to be some sort of, he earns his redemption and faces his consequences. Okay. And I don't know how they're going to do that. I think that's the beautiful part of the show because you don't know what could happen next. Right. I think it's so genius how they put this whole thing together, but. But, like, I've been struggling this whole season with, like, do I root for Barry? Like, and I think the answer is no. Like, yeah, no, you don't root for him. And that's so compelling because, like, I love him. I love this character and I want good things for him. But I, I'm not rooting for him. And I mean, I'm rooting for him to do everything that he's not doing. But, like, yeah, there's that moment at the end or at the, like, the beginning of, of season three. It's the title episode. It's like, there's no forgiving Jeff. And it's like, it's like, this is why I don't root for you. Like, and, and gosh, I, I'm so excited to see where this season goes. I know um, Rowan has and already seen the rest, too. almost the rest oh. of the season, and I'm so jealous of him. Uh, and I, I hope this show ends when it wants to end. Um, but also, if it ran for 40 seasons, like cool, <laughs> <laughs> just like Ted Lasso, end when you want to end, but you can go for as long as you want. Uh, one thing is, uh, just going even stemming off of that too. The one thing weird thing is, I'm rooting for. No hand hang more than actually Barry. Probably, yes. Yeah, and, well, I would well, want spin off of Noho Hank and Christian oh, yeah. at this point. Yeah, I would love that. And it's like a like a half hour comedy. Yeah. Like it's like a you know Well, it's there's always worse people than Barry and there's always better people than Barry. Like, you know, most of the like the acting crew would be, depending on the scene, either worse or better than Barry. And Kusano would be pretty much, you know, typically better than Barry, although then when he gets that you know, cheap bastard side of him, then, then maybe not. But like, uh, but there's always people that are better than Barry. There's always people that are worse than Barry. The difference with Cristobal is though, he doesn't seek to change anything about who he is, but he's also not really a bad guy. Like he's not, he's, he's just hangs around in bad company of, of people that make bad choices. And that's a totally different thing. I mean, 
that's that's still a character that like doesn't necessarily need redemption, but we don't want to get away scot free. So like that's that's an interesting parallel as well. But you're right. I first of all, I would absolutely watch the spinoff of of uh, Noho Hank and Cristobal, especially like gosh, please make it like those first couple episodes of Wandavision style. That would be just that so would be much fun. So <laughs> great and pure comedy. I I would love it. I'd I would. It. I. I think I think this needs to happen, but uh, but also just yeah, in general too. Like uh, I yeah, I mean at, at this point, like I'm rooting for for Noho Hank because he makes good choices and is a pretty good guy even when he's in a bad situation. I mm-hmm. uh, if you're not watching Barry, you need to be. That's it, look look. It might seem like a lot because they're in season three, but there's eight episodes a season, and it goes by very three. fast too. I yeah. was amazed how quickly I picked it up again. Like I was like because it was like. I rewatched it like during like COVID and everything. And then I was like, okay, great. Season three's come back. And then I watched it in like a weekend and it was perfect time viewing. So yeah. anybody could watch this. Like, Barry is the best show actively airing. Um, right now. It is, it is second best show only to Ted Lasso of mm-hmm. shows that are just in production. So, and also uh, features two people from SNL. So that's a sign. It's true. Uh, yeah, watch Barry. It's 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 so good. It's very very good. Other oh, thoughts? I can ask you this: um, Do you wish it was a half? Do you like that half hour runtime, or should it be an hour long? Uh, I think the half hour works really well because um, mm-hmm. I think the show is deliberately slow paced, and mm-hmm. I feel like if it was sixty minutes, it would feel like like I don't know if you guys saw Raised by Wolves, but that show seemed no, like it I took forever. Right, I I watched a couple episodes. I loved the pilot. And then every episode just dragged on and on and on and on. And an hour episode felt like four. So, um, so I, I think if Barry was an hour long, I think it would be like worse off because it's deliberately slow paced. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's deliberately kind of like where 30 minutes really feels like at least 45, um, because they're packing so much into every little thing. Um, but I think it also just allows them to kind of play around and every now and then you have a Ronnie Lilly episode and, um, you know, so I, I think the half hour format works well. If anything, I just wish the, the seasons were longer in length, but um, you know, it's also like they're telling their story and it's extensive and it's interconnected. Uh, it's complex and it's fine. Like cool. So yeah. Do you agree with that Austin? Yeah. I enjoy the, the shorter episodes cause it's just like a little bite size thing and you can move on to the next one. I think with you, like you just stretch it out too long to tell the story for like 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it's just perfect at 30. And you can finish in like a weekend, which is what I did when I rewatched it two weekends ago. Yeah, it was one of those that I, since I'd seen season one before season two aired again. Um, mm-hmm. So I, this was my third time seeing season one, which by the way, this show gets better every rewatch because it's so meticulous mm-hmm. in its planning. Um, but it was one of those that I turned it on and I just wound up like watching four or five episodes at a time while I was working on stuff. Like mm-hmm. I was watching it as a background because I'm like, I got to get the season. Anyway. Uh, okay, let's talk about something else. Um, who has something else that they want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything. I mean, I could like could comment like on the recent shows. I feel like I'm so behind on like shows I want to watch though. Like recently, sure. Like I want to watch The Offer, but due to poor reviews, I'm kind of like about yeah, we'll get it there. Now. We'll get there. <laughs> uh, for sure. Uh, Austin, what's something you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I just finished Moon Knight this past week and enjoyed that. But uh, since about March, I've been rewatching the original CSI. Okay. And I'm in like season 13 now, and I had to take a break for a little while and catch up on other things, because 15 seasons is a lot to get through. Yeah, absolutely. One, I mean, that, that show 
really started the like crime procedural formula and so like man it's like 13 seasons of the same thing for every every episode for 24 episodes a season i applaud you sir so <laughs> it finally just hit me at the right spot because i've been trying to watch because i used to, i had <clears throat> seen season like one through ten when it first came out and then i just fell off and then I, since then i've been trying to get the whole show completed and it just it just had finally hit me at the right time where i can i want to sit down and watch it and right. not just start it off in the middle where i like my episode the episodes i like okay I've done that a few times just starting off season five that's where i like it let's just start there yeah yeah cool um all right are either of you guys watching this is us no i didn't really get onto that bandwagon of this is us but i know a lot of people watching i do like my love and Amelia a lot yeah okay it's on my list i haven't seen it yet and I, uh milo i think it was in heroes as well so i've seen yes. a few things it is yeah uh, but i, I mean here, here, here's my advice for when you guys eventually get around to starting them first of all um at least season one season one is by far the best season they made um the rest of them are, are good but season one is next level tv and emotion yeah. um you're you're gonna want to watch every episode as soon as you can and uh you're gonna want a box of tissues because you will go through three boxes for one season so um uh, yeah it's that kind of show I've seen clips of it on TikTok Man, here and there gets me every time. Um, and also if you've ever heard the song uh, to build a house, I don't know who it's by um, like cinematic something. I don't know. Uh, um, they, it, it will make it to where if that song comes across a playlist, um, you can't just cry. Uh, you can't just not cry listening to it because it's just all the emotions. Um, so I'm watching the current season of the current run. I'll be writing the review for SifPop.com um, after the last episode airs. Next week, so make sure to check back on the website to check out that review. Um, the new, the, the final airs like next week. Yeah, the, the series finale is next oh my Tuesday. Gosh. So, um, so I will have some thoughts, uh, some thoughts in a written in a written form, a full length written form of the season. Um, I think ultimately, though, uh, I have I have two thoughts that I just kind of want to say now, and I'll explain them more in the review. The first is that um, this show is th- this season in particular is uh, is too fast paced. It really feels like they're trying to do two seasons worth of stuff in one, um, and they're making decisions for the first time in the show that I cannot get on board with. Um, like it's one of those shows that like there's constantly things like there's constantly characters that you love that are together that you're like, no, 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 no. Cause when they break up and you're like, no, 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 no. Or there's characters that die and you're like, they can't die. And then there's, um, there's lots of heartbreak in the show and like it, cause it's trying to simulate, well, it's trying to like simulate a hyper experience of a, of a family. Um, I think everything that could ever be a dysfunction of a family is thrown at these, this group, but um, especially by the time you reach like season four, you're like, you're just like, well, you could just tell they're in the writers. Like, what else can we do? Oh, what if a cousin is gay or something like that? Then it's like, all right, let's throw that in there. Cause we haven't touched on that. So it's like, it's like, all right, like it's, it's, there are people out there like that, and that's cool. But it's like you're you're just—it it feels like you got a dartboard of a bunch of dysfunction. You're just like, here we go. All right, ready? And this board. is what what's we're happening doing. this week. Right, what's happening this week? You know, oh, alcoholism. Let's go. You know, um, anyway. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, so it's one of those. It, it feels kind of rushed, and it feels like there's there's the decision that are being made because like I'm I'm able to recover, and I'm like ultimately I think this is better in the long run. But they're making decisions this season that I just can't get behind. And this show is so good about pulling things under the rug from you. Like, um, like there's an episode 
where uh, where one of the families uh, is is trying to uh, 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 they're trying to uh, I think a adopt or go no 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 it's um they're, they're talking about having another kid and so the whole time you see the story of this little kid that we've never seen before and he's in the foster care system and they're like don't worry i think this next family's gonna be it and it's just like all right good it's cool and it's and then it's uh, like this episode is gonna end with that and then halfway th- and then and then especially by the time that they reach the end of the episode, they're like, no, 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 we're not going to have another kid. Let's foster a kid. And you're like, yes, you guys would be great foster parents. And then it cuts back to this future. It's, it's revealed that the kid in the, the little kid is in the future because it's like, Hey, um, so weren't this family, it wound up, didn't work out. They didn't show up for the interview and you're heartbroken. Cause you're like, no, 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 no. The, the kid was supposed to go with them. And then, it's and then it's revealed that like there was a character that winds up being the daughter and because they foster somebody other person she winds up growing up to be like a social worker and it's like the sweetest thing i know lots of like connecting lines i feel like i feel like charlie day and it's always sunny in philadelphia i'm like so here you go um anyway so it's just like one of those shows where you're like yes this is brilliant and i love this what you're doing and this season i'm like "Mm, those people should have stayed together um so Anyway, it's being spoiled for me because I know what you're talking about, honestly, because I know I think that's the best part. Worst part is when you watch it on that Tuesday night, right? It airs on those Tuesday, Tuesday nights. nights. And now I see people going on social media. I'm like, OK, now I'm starting to feel I get what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So I have lots of thoughts, feelings. Um, check it out on SifPop.com for my full thoughts uh, next week after the finale airs. Uh, that's This is us. Are you are either you guys watching Winning Time? I mean, I guess Winning Time finished its finale last week. It just finished. I... I'm not a huge like, but then again, I really love Ted Lasso, like sports centerpieces. But I couldn't get into Winning Time. I just wasn't really. Eh, Did you watch it. the like, pilot? No, I couldn't. Even, like, oh, I wasn't totally interested in it, and I might check it out. I think because of it now, like, I'm disappointed because this is the show that I think Bo Burnham was supposed to be a part of. Yes. He was supposed to play Larry Bird, I'm pretty sure. And then he dropped out, and I was really, really bummed. And I'm like, no, he would have been the perfect Larry Bird. And well, at least for this season, um, I I think yeah, like Larry Bird's not like barely in it. So yeah. So I mean, if there's a chance where Bo Burnham can pop up again as Larry Bird, then I'd be like, all right, then I'll watch the first season. I don't um, think so, but literally, Larry Bird's job is to stand there with a beer and spit tobacco. Oh no. Like the whole season, so. But yeah, I haven't watched it. Let me, all right, maybe maybe these things can convince you. Um, first of all, the show is uh, created by Adam McKay. Yeah, I so do. Love it has Adam his McKay. style, like Big Short style. Um, it's no. it's it's not an overly political thing. I mean, there are some political messages, just but it's it's trying to show like the way that people just did not care about black people and always overemphasized white people over black people, including sports, especially in sports uh, in the eighties. So, like, whereas in every regard. Look, Larry Bird is an all-time Hall of Famer, incredible basketball player. But like, people were just out trying to say that Larry Bird will be infinitely better than Magic Johnson. And guess what? They're maybe equals. Um, <laughs> like at, at best, if you know, I, I'm not a huge sports person, but I know that both of those are like tippy top tier best possible players you can get. So, um, so there's only a little bit of political undertone. Um, but for the most part, like it's just kind of in that visual style where they're like, let me explain this. And that kind of goes away pretty quickly. And then you're just kind of invested, but it's still kind of shot the same way that something like the big short is shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really appreciate the way that the, the show is shot and the way that it tells its story. And 
Um, the only, I, I really adore the show, especially, I think the performances are great. Um, especially the guy that plays Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the guy that plays Magic Johnson. They're both terrific. Um, the only problem I have with the show is I don't understand why it's not a miniseries. Um, I'm surprised st- it got renewed for season two, honestly. I mean, I know lots of people are talking about it, but like the point of the show, the whole point of season one is to show how there's there's new ownership and the changes that are happening to basketball because of the new ownership and Magic Johnson's rookie year of overcoming all of the haters and mm-hmm. and and you know getting to show uh, a, an older leader side of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar um, like that that's why the show exists and it just feels like you get to the end and it's the end of the first season of, of the first like basketball season that Magic's a part of and I'm just like I I don't know that I want to watch the rest. Like, obviously, I'm going to because the show making is good. But it's like, but the point of the show was to get to this point. So I don't know if it's one of those where they were just like, we'll give you lots of money to keep making more of these. And sure. Or I, I don't know why, but the show's really good. I'm not a big sports person either. Um, but I am interested in, like, sports stories. Like, I think Moneyball is incredible. Oh, yeah. Moneyball came out of a time where I couldn't care less about baseball. And, yeah. But I still love Moneyball. You know, same with, like, I don't care about football all that much, but I love, uh, like, remember the Titan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that's college football, not uh, or high school football, not uh, mm-hmm. not pros. But I love I love sports stories on film. Winning time, I like it. Um, I'll, I just want to briefly mention too. I've been going to the gym more, so I've been watching Agents of Sealed season five. This is the one where they're on the the planet in the future. Austin, have you seen Agents of Shield? Uh, the first season, okay, and a little bit in the second season, but I didn't get past that. It got so much better after that mid of season two, um, especially like season three and four just peak for me. Um, th- I just was curious because it felt like something you might have seen. Um, it's something I need to get back into because um, it still is on that borderline if it's still involved with the MCU or not because they haven't like there's stuff in the MCU that's in the show and then they, they went away with some stuff. So it's something I still want to watch, but I just haven't got around to it yet. I think the thing for me, uh, my very short, um, very short uh, review that I'm just giving about what my experience watching the show is just it takes place in the future. Um, most of the show, and I'm just ready for it to be back in like a time that I can relate to and all that. And it's 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 totally fine. But like part of the reason why Agents of Shield was so good is just like if it's in a real world with real people and real consequences and stuff like that. So anyway, that's it. Um, Somebody else, please talk for a little bit because people are sick of hearing my voice. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, One thing I recently watched was um, The Girl from Plainville. I don't know if y'all watched that. That's on my list. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I was, I thought it was pretty good for most of the entire series. It was the Elle Fanning series where it took like that serious subject matter where it followed the girl who, you know, basically convinced her boyfriend to kill himself and tragic super tragic to you know tell the story and shine a light on this wait, girl wait 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 is this a bi- is this a biography of the girl that convinced her boyfriend to commit suicide yeah. via text message yeah. yeah well i saw the i saw the documentary on that i didn't know there was a show now yeah, yeah with the HBO documentary too yeah i think i, I saw the hbo documentary the i love yeah. you now die yeah and it's got right? chloe savan in this series and uh yeah it's an al fanning series and it's on it's on Hulu. What the hell? <laughs> and um, I thought the first few episodes were really good. And then it starts to get like a little bit underwhelming. 
where it loses that really good steam and focused and it was going to go do this really great it goes very in depth but then it gets me to question why are we shining a light and showing yeah. this character on this girl who doesn't deserve the fame is she a protagonist like do we want to root for her or? no like i understand why she has a lot of like mental health issues and you can yeah. see why she goes through it she has a crazy crazy obsession with glee and you get like there's like some inkling like that she i feel like she wanted to be like a star and she always looked up to like people like leah michelle but then again, I feel like that's so problematic to like Leah Michelle, I guess, in these nowadays. What's the um? What's what, where did you say this is showing? This is on Hulu. Is it Hulu original? Yeah. Yes. And it- uh, man, I'm wrestling with all the things you're talking about, Kristen, because I don't I don't know that I want to see. You know, yeah, that's what I was saying too. And then I'm like, with the how they did with the series, and especially the finale, felt a little underwhelming, and I was just like, well, all right, you know, like. Had you, had you seen so the HBO more. documentary? That was the other thing. I wanted to watch the HBO documentary mm. and I just haven't watched it yet. And um, I just am like, why did I like, you know, I get why the series was made, like, which was, you know, to shine the light of mental health and getting help and seeking help. But I was like, did we, did we really need to focus on this girl and give her the attention she deserved? It's that same question of when they were making those like two or three Ted Bundy movies. Yeah. Mm. So, and I was just like. All right. Well, I watched the entire series and now I'm like, you know, stuck with this feeling of like, you know, I know this girl and, you know, for who she is now. And I'm like, you know. So, Austin, you've seen the documentary, but not the show? Yes. Okay. So you're in the same boat as me. Are you going to watch the show? I want to watch the show because Elle Fanning is uh, the great. I've seen clips of it, too. I want to watch both of these because of that. And scary how she though. Have you seen the photos online? I'm sure you have. I just just in Google imaging, yeah. Of how yeah. like almost identical she looks of the original girl. Yes, yeah, yeah. it's kind of creepy. It's like the, like there you put side by side picture of them two together, and it's the exact same picture. Yeah, it's very very creepy. Well, so here's what I'm gonna do, Austin. Since uh, since you plan on watching the show, you let me know if it's worth my time. Um, <laughs> I I personally believe that probably the best way to tell a story like this is via the documentary. Um, yeah. I feel like the the biopic is uh, the biopic would be exploitative and yeah I don't I don't know that I'm that I like the idea of it in theory again like same with all those like Ted Bundy movies like I don't think we need to be making this and, um, and I also said the same thing when I watched the Elizabeth Holmes film series too I'm like do we really need to shine light on this Elizabeth Holmes character or her as a person the docu- I get why the documentary is amazing by the way it's two parts on HBO so yeah you should check that out. So Austin, when, whenever you see it, let me know if I let me know if I it would be like a good supplementary piece, or if you'd be like, mm, no. So yeah, I'm looking to start some several of the Hulu series because Under the Banner of Heaven looks like it's going to be good That's too. So good. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet, and I love Andrew Garfield. I well, there's our transition. <laughs> yeah, I want to just say this is the most perfect show at this time right now. And I guess in pol- what in the realm we're in right now in politics, I think it's such a conversational piece. Let me tell you what I thought the show was going to be. I deliberately, like, I saw um, the there was a there was an ad for I think at the Super Bowl, and I was yeah. like, yes, I'm here for it. And then I was just like, all right, I know Andrew Garfield has a new show coming out. When it when it happens, I'm going to watch it. What I thought the show was going to be was a murder mystery and. A, and just seeing the tolls of uh, of that that it has on a detective of faith, 
mm-hmm. you know, a, a, a person of faith who happens to investigate lots of crime. Um, so that's what I thought the show was going to be. <sighs> Gosh, what the show is. Um, I've seen every episode that's out so far. There's four. Yeah. Um, I didn't watch episode four yet, so I gotta watch. I'm that. not gonna spoil. I won't spoil it. Good. <laughs> um, by the way, Andrew Garfield's terrific. He will for sure be up for an Emmy. I hope he wins as well. Um, I guess it just depends on is he in the same category as Bill Hader? Because uh, I don't know if they differentiate like. Yeah. And would Barry? Like Barry would, would probably little... go under comedy still. Yeah, Barry would go reason. under comedy. This, on the other hand, drama for sure. But... Drama, but in a limited series since this is like oh yeah, a limited, limited series, series. And that's also what scares me because I loved Sebastian Stan and Pam and Tommy. Mm-hmm. And I, I haven't seen it. that yet. Oh, I loved Pam and Tommy. Was so-, so what this Under the Banner of Heaven show actually is, it starts off as a murder mystery, um, mm-hmm. but very briefly, and then very soon gets into introducing these people. Um, it's true crime, by the way. So this is a real story. Um, now, from my understanding, the Andrew Garfield character is made up. Um, okay. He's kind of just meant to be an amalgamation of several people and the community. But, um, but the story is real. Mm-hmm. And so the, the story is, um, it starts off as a murder mystery that's very violent. They don't show you any of the violence, but they show you like, you know, B-roll footage that you just like, okay, you know. And then they, they talk about things that happen um, that I think are even too explicit to say on this podcast. Yeah. Um, it's you would, need an R ra- you would need an R rating for it, I think. <laughs> I think this, <laughs> is, this, this is TVMA, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, the show is, yeah. Yeah. Um, what this what this show is turning into is a warning sign to the dangers of people that hold of people that hold radical views of faith based systems. Yes, and the dangers of of what of what that can lead to of give an inch and take a mile. Um, you said that perfectly, honestly. It's it's one of those things that is, like you said, is very timely because we've seen that in the last couple of years. And as a person of faith, I get frustrated by these people. Uh, as a person of genuine faith, I get frustrated by those people um, mm-hmm. because there's a line in, I think it's this fourth episode, where there, you start to get aware of this, um, of they're forming this group where they're trying to say like, we shouldn't be submitted to taxes. Taxation is wrong. Mm-hmm. And our, and and I can say it based off of our religious beliefs that taxation is wrong. And no, uh, <laughs> Jesus says yeah. pay taxes to Caesar. Uh, these people are Latter- Latter-day Saints specifically. So yep. they believe Jesus is a prophet. Um, I'm learning a lot about the Mormon religion too as well. Yeah, that's um, the big thing is like, you know, I feel but, like... But oh, the, go ahead. No, but just the... It, it, there's a line that happens where... Where all of a sudden they're starting to explore, should we be polygamists again? Should we have more than one wife? And and mm-hmm. so there's a line where the detect that we're like they're asking each other. They're like, um, no taxation, polygamy, like you know, not joined one and one. Like if if this is where they're going, like what's to stop them from making blood sacrifice next? And you're just like, yeah, that's it. Like that's what this show is about. And it's remarkable filmmaking. It's a lot like True Detective season one. I was about to um, ask that. Yeah, that's the closest show you can compare it to because because I saw like a trailer and it felt like True Detective season one just from the trailer. Yeah, I mean, there's no time jumps, but uh, but yes, it, it gives that kind of vibe. Um, yeah, I think, I'm, the, 
I, I'm, I need to say less about this show. Uh, I just need to stop because, like, this show yeah. is is excellent. It's some of the best TV I've ever seen. It's definitely it's some of the best TV on right now. Um, between this and Barry, and then Pam, and I think like the limited series have been great so far. I've watched this year between Pam and Tommy, and then Moon Knight, and yep. then now under the banner of heaven have been great unlimited series that really tell a great great story and this one is one of them and i love the message that it delivers and the performances oh my gosh and like what you just said the filmmaking of it all is incredible mm-hmm. and um i i like i recent before um the under the banner of heaven started i finally got to watch normal people oh yeah yeah which was excellent. And I just want more Daisy Edgar Jones. Mm-hmm. I think she's phenomenal. I think she's like the future of like the Meryl Streep. She's just so talented and I can't wait to see her. And like when the she call sing. is what Dakota Johnson should have been. And Dakota yes! Johnson is currently working towards, but Daisy Edgar Jones is I think only 26. So she's she, like, so she is going to be what Dakota mother. Johnson should have been her whole career. That's a good way to see it. That's which is really which is not to say it. that Dakota Johnson is making. She's made a lot of great choices recently. So yeah, she's yeah. I could say that definitely. Dakota Johnson has made better filmmaking choices recently than her past. But I haven't seen anything though of Dakota Johnson that has totally totally wowed me. But uh, um, Peanut Butter Falcon for me. But yeah. Okay, and then um, yeah. So I, so this show's on Hulu, um, FX and Hulu. Uh, this, there are four episodes out. They they drop on Thursday, and there will be seven episodes. Mm-hmm. You should check it out. It's also a slow burn show. Be prepared. A very slow burn. Be prepared. I love it. I love it. Um, that's it. That's all I got for me. Anything else? Yeah. You- no. And then I want the only show I really want to watch next, but I hopefully someone send me a message, tell me if it's good. Uh, I watched uh, the first like thirty minutes of the staircase, and then. Uh, I had to pause it because I was getting, I realized what time it was and then realized I had to get to bed. <laughs> yeah. So anyone message me and let me know if you're also watching The Staircase. There you go. Austin, do you have other shows? Uh, I mean, nothing to talk about, uh, but for the ones next that I'm wanting to check out, it's either Yellow Jackets or Heartstopper. Uh, I've heard oh. good things about both of them. Mm-hmm. Yellow Jackets is pretty good. Nice. My my queue is very extensive and I've been going recently and just saying what's being added to my queue for this month, I just have the shows that I'm getting around to next. I mean, now that Winning Time is over and This Is Us is about to end, and you know, I'm not currently watching an hour long show that I need to like catch up on or whatever. Uh, Moon Knight will be next, um, and I also want to get around to Halo and Severance and Yellow Jackets. Um, those will be my next things, um, and as well the offer because I'm writing the Sipop.com review for it, so um, I, I kind of need to get on that one. I haven't watched any of it yet, so uh, let's hear some TV hot takes. What are some uh, What are some hot takes that you have? Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say. I've, well, no, I've already said some, but they're all unoriginal because I've said them all before. <laughs> what are some TV hot takes you guys have? Oh, um, like a show I'm... that you love that everybody hates, show that you hate that everybody loves. Um, a particular performance or actor or anything like that that you just want to say is, is better. Uh, a, a, a critique on uh, on the, the industry. Austin, what do you got? Uh, with my recent going through of CSI, I'm adamant in saying now, I think 19, or not 19, but 9 to like 15 episode seasons are where we need to get to in the future because 24 episode seasons are, are too too much. There's too many like filler episodes with these primetime like CBS and NBC shows. That I feel like don't like, like have a story that go through the entire thing. 
sorry to interrupt you but earlier cut you off but i feel like that goes back to like what you're saying earlier about the this is us thing taking a dartboard figuring out okay what did we do next like what crime what situation happens next and i feel like that happens also with law and order too yeah i was just thinking a special victims unit (laughs) yeah they're like okay what crime do we need to this person needs to commit next okay murder in an alley no we did that how about murder on a balcony no murder on top of a building no yeah (laughs) you know like i feel like that's one thing like it's so hard to say because like uh Let's see. Let me think. One hot take I should say is that I think as someone who grew up with the series, I'm not sure if anybody watched Teen Wolf, but... uh, I mean, I saw the movie. No, this is the series with Tyler Posey and Dylan O'Brien. And uh, I know they're working on the new movie. I'm so excited for it. Everyone's coming back, apparently. Which, who is that? I think everyone's coming back. Colton Hayes yeah, is so he's Dylan coming back. O'Brien. Like, yeah, he's not coming back. He thought Tyler Hoechlin's coming back too. Yeah, everybody's coming back. Crystal, even Crystal Reed is like, I think coming back. Like, I'm so excited. Is this and, a, a movie based off of the show? Yeah, it's like a serious series. This is like before Riverdale was before Riverdale. Before. No, that's fine. I was just like, I didn't know. Like, is the movie like based off of the Michael J. Fox one? Or no, this is like a whole show. like. Got it. They took like the idea of someone, you know, the werewolf idea, and you know, it's not Got a it. comedy. It's more straight up like a drama adaptation yeah, yeah, yeah. for it, and. I think it's so well done for its time. And I think the series for myself, I know which ran its course, I think after season four. I think season four is where it should have ended. It originally ran for, it ran for six seasons. And after that, it definitely lost its steam. Mm-hmm. That's all I can say. Cause then I don't want to spoil it. Cause I think people should watch it before the new movie comes out. My hot take. And I, I feel like this is an unoriginal thought, but I have to give these thoughts all the time, and I say what I think when I think it. Um, I am much more interested in a miniseries than I am a movie or, or, a, t- or a TV series. Sorry, I mean I'm kind of more interested in a miniseries than I am in a movie, depending on the context. I meant to say than a TV series. Um, now I don't want every show to be a miniseries. Obviously, like mm-hmm. I would really love to see a Hawkeye season two, and I don't think we're going to get that. And it no. sounds like we're not going to get a Moon Knight season two, uh, which I think might have always been the plan. Um, so, and like that stuff is planned out. But like, I, what I really mean to say is like, Winning Time feels like it should have been a miniseries, not a season one. Um, you know, I, I I love that this Under the Banner of Heaven is is just a limited series, and I, I mean the original American Horror Story was supposed to be a mini series, and then they it just was. turned it into an anthology, and like it's crazy stupid and should have ended like ages ago. <laughs> yeah, and like I like I would like to see the people that are making Under the Banner of Heaven make more limited series, um, especially because this it's it's based off of a book which I bought the book I haven't read it yet also called Under Under the Banner of Heaven, and by a true crime author that writes some pretty critically acclaimed stuff. So, um, like, I'm just, I'm I'm significantly more interested in a new miniseries than a ABC series. Or, like, a season, like, I should say. Like, I feel like that's one thing. Like, I like the fact that with a limited series, it's over, it's done with. It could be, like, ten episodes, and you feel like you've completed something i think that's the best part about a miniseries so there's that there's also the like what happens if they don't get renewed for season two and you're stuck on a cliffhanger you don't have to worry about that but there's mostly just there is a vision and they're achieving that vision and then like i think a good example is uh supernatural i don't know if you guys i feel like both of you supernatural fans i know i know supernatural but i haven't watched it i think i might have watched like two or three episodes but don't know it to a great extent austin 
I've seen it up to season 10. Okay. So like, yeah. And I bailed, I think with two seasons left, uh, maybe one season left. I don't know. Um, and I, w- I was fa- pretty like distantly removed from it before then, but the show was inig- originally planned for five seasons. The the creator was like, here's where we're going. And the season five finale is what he wanted to make the series finale. But the show just started to pick up steam because at the, after season four came out, they put it on Netflix. And then all of a sudden, nobody watching this because this is back before people watched the CW. Mm-hmm. Um, they put it on Netflix and then all of a sudden everybody watched it and it just like grew astronomically in, in the fan base. And so they just renewed it and renewed it and renewed it and renewed it and kept on renewing it for an extra 10 seasons. And the show doesn't feel like it has a coherent vision past season five. So it's that's that's what it is mostly for me is pe- when people start a show, they should have the end game in mind. They should have that in mind. And that's This Is Us has definitely had that. I feel like they've added some stuff along the way, but you can tell like they knew where they wanted to go. And, uh, you know, it's it's it is much more exciting to just get behind somebody's vision as opposed to just, you know, changing creators hands and cast members dropping out and, you know, or being replaced or introducing new cast members because yada, yada, yada. It's just, just, I'm much more interested in like, like, like HBO's Watchmen easily could have gotten mm-hmm. a second season, but it works so much better as a miniseries. And I think that could also be said for like other shows. Like as someone for like me, I think only stranger things should have been one season. Yeah. That's a great example. And I really like Stranger Things season season three. And I'm excited to watch season four, but probably and, should have been a miniseries. And I, and I, I could say this again, like 13 reasons why, say how controversial you want it is. I was very happy to see a second season return and I was very dissatisfied how it ended, what the, how the whole second season turned out. But the first season is great TV. And then yes. I could say that again for the upcoming season of White Lotus. I, I'm on the fence about the White Lotus, mm. about coming back for a second you. season. Yeah. Like, like I know Jennifer Coolidge is going to be like the highlight of that show. Like, it's all going to be probably the Jennifer Coolidge show, which is nothing wrong with that. But like, do I really want to go out to another hotel again and explore all this, this, these families again? Like, the first season did that really wonderfully. You ready for something that is going to totally ruin Stranger Things for you? Okay, what is that? Stranger Things should have been an anthology show. Really? To me, Stranger Things should have been an anthology show that kept the same cast of kids, but but bended genres each season. Interesting. So you have your first season be an homage to 80s horror, 80s sci-fi horror. You have your second season be something different, like maybe a little bit more into the sci-fi, like Aliens kind of thing. And season three was obviously wanting to parody Red Dawn, the original Red Dawn. So you mm-hmm. let season three be a parody of Red Dawn, not a parody of Red Dawn mixed with all their existing lore and stuff like that. Stranger Things should have been an anthology series where the genre changes each season, but it's still the same kids. Interesting take. I like that take. It'd be so much better. It's, it's already the, a good show. I wonder if they had the whole th- same thing with Heroes. Because like, Heroes was originally set to be an anthology series. Of having different people each season, and then everyone fell in love with the first season, yeah. and their characters, and their actors, and they just... You yeah. had to go with that. Maybe they had this, had like that idea and then everyone fell in love with the first well, season. And- I'm saying you keep the same kids and you don't change anything about them. Just, you know, yeah. you, you put them through a season of horror and then you put them through a season of sci-fi and then you put them through a season of action, adventure, comedy, and then you put them through a season of romance or something. I don't know. Like, you know, anyway, that's, that's my, that's my thing. That's just, I, I just I love season three of Stranger Things more than season one, and I think it so desperately wants to just go full Red Dawn, and it doesn't, and it would be better if it. Anyway, 
let's move on to the B plot. Uh, let's talk about shows that had the best ensemble of all time. So we talk about ensembles a lot, especially when we talk about movies. And um, I know we can certainly list a million different shows that have some pretty incredible ensembles. Um, but I thought let's each of us come with three. Um, so I'll uh, I'll have one of us give one, and then you just you just give your one, and we'll, we can talk about it briefly. And uh, and you know, and then another person says one, and then another person says one until we get you know to where we're satisfied. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, best ensemble of all time. Um, also I want to give a disclaimer cause we're all relative, we are relatively young people. So like, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that shows like I love loosely and the Dick Van Dyke show and Mary Tyler Moore show should for sure be on this list. But like, I've not seen any episodes of those. Um, so like bear with us a little bit, you know, give us a little bit of grace. This isn't the, the definitive Everything there's gonna be there's gonna be stuff we miss. It's okay. <laughs> I get mad at podcast people too. <laughs> anyway, Krista, yes. uh, why don't you kick us off? Ooh, okay. I have. Can this be like a current yeah. show? Okay. Yep. I think hands down, right now, I have to say Ted Lasso. I mean, who doesn't love the cast of Ted Lasso? I mean, from Jason Sudeikis and Hannah Waddingham, Brett Goldstein, Joe Tuttle. They're all. Everybody's great. Yeah. Everybody is absolutely great with really fascinating characters and they're just enough where the each story is simplistic they're everybody's so rootable everybody's just so humble to a degree on the show it's just great great television where all the characters just blend together especially with the cast it's sure it's so good yeah absolutely um yeah i have nothing to add literally every person that's ever been in that show is is great and there are definitely some standouts so for sure what you got austin uh, mine hands down is going to be Scrubs. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it, the the fact that their cast are still friends after all these years. I don't yeah. know if either of y'all listen to Zach and Dan, uh, Zach and Donald's po- podcast, mm-hmm. but every that. time that they have um, a guest on from the show, they they just act like they're best friends. They have they've seen each other every day since, and I think that show just what knocked the first eight seasons of that show out of the park was how. They work together. Zach, uh, Donald, and Sarah, and Judy, and all of them just working really well together. Yeah, and you have all sorts of different... Like, all those actors had such a wide range where they could play the silly, goofy comedy, and then they can turn around and make you cry. Um, They were all also really serious uh, actors as well. And then they had... They had a large cast, and so they are always able to be like, who do we need to pull in for this? And so, you know, Dr. Cox is kind of your wild card, and he's just maybe my best perform, my favorite performance of all time, for sure. Uh, I'm going to kick things off by talking about This Is Us. I think this cast assembled is terrific. Um, Mandy Moore and Milo Ventimiglia being the, the two, like, biggest names coming into the show, but Sterling K. Brown is by far the standout in this show, which is saying something because Milo Ventimiglia and Mandy Moore are also terrific, but this is when Sterling K. Brown, this show, this season aired the same year that he played Chris Darden in The People vs. O.J. Simpson, and he won an Emmy for that, for that, and he's excellent in both of those shows he has consistently been the best actor but everybody in this show is is perfect uh alexander breckenridge has a recurring role that she's really great in um justin hartley who plays kevin is is really good um there's a um uh uh, the guy that plays miguel uh john huertas is doing some great work uh, everybody in this show is is really terrific, and with a show that needs to punch this much emotional emotion, um, it really requires on the right casting, and they knocked it out of the park. Yeah, 
that's my first uh, nomination. Uh, back to you, Kristen. Okay, Ooh, this is another good one. Uh, let me think. Oh, God, I'm so bad at this. Uh, I would say, like, Bates Motel, but, like, again, I feel like we all most people haven't seen the show. You between... can say whatever you want. This oh, is okay. your – I'm asking for your opinion right okay. now. Okay, between Freddie Highmore and Vera Farmiga, I mean, oh, my gosh, it's great talent. I mean, forget his work that he does on The Good Doctor. Like, I understand people like him as that character on The Good Doctor, but – Right after season two, I couldn't get on board with The Good Doctor anymore. I, I was like, all right, this is pure broadcast cable basic drama, and I just couldn't get behind it anymore. What he does in Bates Motel is so great, and then he has a great supporting cast. You've read Max, Max Terrion and Olivia Cook, who's like so blown up nowadays. I mean, Olivia mm-hmm. Cook is going to be in the new Game of Thrones spinoff series, and she, she's just so grown so much as an actress, and what she does in Bates Motel is incredible. Like me some Olivia Cook. All right, let's hear it, Austin. What's your second pick? Uh, I think Burn Notice. Uh, I don't know if y'all, either of y'all, seen that show, but I, was too- I have not. Show. I've seen clips, but uh, with now I can't think. Of Bruce Campbell showing up in another thing that just came out. Um, he's really good in the show. So is uh, Jeffrey Donovan, and all four of the main cast that show up in the first three seasons. They add a fifth. They just really play off well together. And that show really ended on a really good note and landed the plane and could have had a couple extra episodes on that final season, but it, they still really did a good job and they, they worked really well together. For my uh, next pick, uh, I'm going to pick Newsroom. Uh, I adore this show. Uh, Sorkin uh, created and written. Uh, I think this cast is incredible. You have Jeff Daniels in the lead and Emily Mortimer also uh, in kind of a co-lead. John Gallagher Jr. is always the standout to me. Um, Allison Pill is incredible in the show. Uh, Thomas Sadowski was won my heart over pretty quickly. Olivia Munn was in the show and doing really Mm -hmm. good work. And uh, Dev Patel in a really supporting role. Um, And it's like when you have six or seven billings down and then you get to Dev Patel, it's like you know that you've got really great billing throughout. So um, Newsroom is, is uh, and Chris Chalk, who I really like. He was in um, uh, Perry Mason as well. Um, he's great in the show. Uh, Sam Waterston played Chalk. He's also great. Everybody in the show was awesome on their A-game. Uh, just a great, great ensemble. All right, final picks. What you got? I feel like I should say it because I was just like, it's on my shirt, but Division. I love, love Division so much between Elizabeth... Um, Olsen and Paul Bentley and Catherine Hahn. Oh my gosh. It is one of the most creative shows that Marvel has done. And it's one of the most unique properties in their mm-hmm. phase four franchise. And it's so great. Like between all the comedy elements and the drama elements, it's a just between what that show does and the performances at all. And I love the ensemble of it all. Even the two boys who play her son they're everybody's incredible in that show. And I just, really love what they do with that series so it's a good pull i probably wouldn't have thought about it just because like it is a sequel but it counts so i just it it just it wouldn't have never clicked in my head but yeah you're absolutely right for sure all right what's your final pick austin uh stranger things we talked about a little bit but the cast is uh, those kids are amazing together yeah um i think that's what really sold me on the first season was just how great they are together mm-hmm. um, acting like they like i said with scrubs they've been friends forever and you can just feel like they had chemistry and they knew each other and i think the duffer brothers did a really good job with that and making sure that you know they had that it was a good ensemble it was a good cast 
And even the yeah. older uh, teenagers are really good together, too. Very nice. For my last pick, I was thinking about this, and I thought, we got to do comedy, but Austin already took Scrubs, so I wanted to pick something different. So I thought, I was thinking long and hard about what are some of the best comedies of, comedy shows of all time, because that's typically, like, your comedies are successful because of your cast. So I think Friends, right? Friends is successful yes. because of its cast, right? I'm not nominating Friends, by the way. <laughs> Friends is success. Friends ran for ten season and and is as beloved as it, as it is because all six leads were incredible mm-hmm. at what they were doing, right? Seinfeld is a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. I don't like Seinfeld, <laughs> but Seinfeld could certainly be in the conversation. I think yeah. somebody likes that show. So so I'm trying to think of some of these all timers. How I Met Your Mother. Could be considered, yes. you know, they're they're all a pretty good ensemble cast. But there's one that stands out above all for me, and that uh, of this like comedy genre, and it has to be. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah, yes, because everybody. And look, I get that they are playing hyper stylized versions of themselves in real life, and they are writing the show. But like it, every every part of it works so well. Like it, because it is the creative team. Um, it, this ensemble is about bringing to life to something, and the fact that they write it also helps them, uh, you know, perform it. But the but like um, Glenn Howerton's over the top, um, you know, egotistical, maniacal, sociopathical character uh, Max Max character fluctuated fluctuates the whole time. You know, we got a season of Fat Mac, and like he's usually strong and ripped, and he's a moron, and Charlie's kind of that wild card. And then you add Danny DeVito to that ensemble, and it really pulls everybody in together. And you know, Caitlin Olsen is there in there as well uh, in that ensemble. They're all they're all great. So it's always sending Philadelphia was my was my final like nomination. So just uh, just stands out above the rest. They're so good. So. I'm curious. Do you think we could all agree on on one that we would be comfortable saying is the best ensemble in the TV show? Yeah, yeah, and I can agree to that. Sunny, it's always sunny in Philadelphia is definitely one of them. Yeah, I would like to push forward with Scrubs. Like that would be my nomination. <laughs> my- I mean, are we talking just the older season of Scrubs? Because I wasn't crazy about the reboot with like Dave Franco and everything. No, no, no. We're just talking about the original, yeah, the original yeah, cast, the original eight seasons. Okay. Season nine is a spinoff in this dojo. Yeah, it doesn't okay, exist. Good. All right. Then as someone who's seen like a couple of episodes of Scrubs, then I can consider that. I'll... I just, I know that both Austin and I are big, big fans, but yeah. I I think I could also get behind It's Always Sunny for this. Um, I think I could get behind Ted Lasso for this. Um, I know I could get behind This Is Us, but I know you guys haven't seen it. So no. I could get behind Stranger Things. I could get behind most of these. So I think it's just, do you think we could reach a consensus? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I haven't seen like... My, my guess is it would mostly come down to It's Always Sunny, Scrubs, or Ted Lasso. That'd be yeah. my guess. I would have to say one of those three. Mm-hmm. Austin, you pick. See, I love It's Always Sunny. Uh, I don't think that show would work if those cast of characters wasn't as close together as they are. Because uh, they are just perfect together. And, I, I mean, since we've all seen enough of that, I think we should... I would say that go that route. I'm happy to vote any of the three that I suggested. I think yes. any of them have a strong argument. Do you have a favorite episode of Sunny? Uh, yes, it's the one that's shot in a, as a oneer. Um, it's it's called uh, Charlie Work, I think, because they're coming for the effective, oh, yeah. and it follows around Charlie and his point of view, and it's shot as a oneer, and uh, and so he's walking around, and so you see lots of people doing things in the background. Uh, yes, Char- Charlie Work is my favorite episode. Um, it's either that or it's the one where they're in the gas station and then like at the beginning of the episode and then there's a robbery and then it 
shows everybody's perspective on what they would do. Um, and, and it winds up Charlie's fantasy is essentially just up, um, <laughs> which kills me every time. Uh, it's one of those two episodes for sure. I'm probably Charlie work holds up better. on we watch because when you know that it's going to up as opposed to where you're just like, are they going to, are they going to go for, up? Uh, you know, as opposed to knowing like they're setting up for up, um, Anyway, uh, but yeah, that would be that would probably be my favorite episode. But it's always done. Probably Austin, your favorite. I think my favorite is the one they're stuck all in the bathroom because they think they're dying of plague or something. And oh yeah, they're, they're just literally going through withdrawals because they drink all day. Yep, that's what the name of it is. <laughs> I can't remember the name of it. It's the one where they do the play on the stage and they start singing. Yeah, the, the night man cometh. Yep, that one's my yeah. favorite. Yeah, that that one's also an excellent one. <laughs> You gotta be the troll troll. The game to do the boy troll. Um, yep. That's perfectly it. So, uh, I'm happy to vote any of the three that I suggested. I think we should just say Sunny, because we all just agreed to our uh, okay. great episode. There we go. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is the official Sif Pop Writers Room. Best ensemble cast of all time. It's Always Sunny in the Sif Pop Room. <laughs> there, there we go. There's the title of the episode. Um... Probably not, because I like to incorporate you guys. Anyway, good. We did it. I'm happy with that win. Very happy. Me too. Not just because I picked it, but uh, certainly helps. Because I'm... And it's great comedy. That's a good comedy (laughs) show, so I can agree to that. Well, and it's one of those things, again, like, your intense dramas like This Is Us and your straight comedies are the two that the ensemble matters the most. Yeah. Uh, Mm -hmm. Another good comedy, uh, if y'all haven't seen it, is Letterkenny on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, that could be in the running. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I haven't seen that. That's the one. It's I've seen humor. I've seen clips, but Small like actually sitting down to watch the show has been on my on my list for forever. It's really yeah. quick too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that just leaves the spinoff. So, uh, Austin, let's start with you. What is that one thing in any area of pop culture that you're just really dying to tell people that they should check it out, check out or stay away from? Uh, you might want to not listen because <laughs> uh, a couple weeks ago, me and my best friend Chris checked out Halo for the first time. Oh, and okay. the preference is I have never played a Halo game more than five minutes. Uh, a friend of mine in middle school tried to get me into it and put me on expert level inverted mode. And nope. <laughs> I've never oh, played no. one since. And so I, and he only knows about Halo from like YouTube watches of people playing through it. So neither one of us know much about Halo. And it really felt like Discount Mandalorian. Okay. Like, Discount Mandalorian. That's what I've heard. Look, I I'm not it. excited like going into watching it, but I just like I'm such a big fan of the video games that, and and I've heard from people that have no experience with the games and people that are diehards that like both both sides of the spectrum are not enjoying the show. I just I'm mostly watching it just to see is there potential here that maybe season two could be good. Yeah, because they renewed that for season two already before it even dropped. And I was like, okay, they got some. Well, I'm just wondering, is this going to be one of those things where it really clicks and all of a sudden season one was just laying the groundwork for the show to really take off? And maybe. So I I, I am not excited to watch it, but I am going to watch it because I'm not going to watch a Halo TV show. We only watched the first episode, so I can't speak on the entire what what else come out. So that's the other thing is I don't know anybody that's seen past the like second or third episode so i'm also like does it is it just a like does it just have a few episodes that aren't great and then it eventually becomes you know yeah and the fact that a lot of the movie people i follow on tiktok that all talk about anything haven't really said anything about it yeah it seems like nobody's watching this show but that's because nobody pays for paramount plus yeah so (laughs) 
I think if anything, I'm my sister has Paramount Plus, and we both live in the same house, so we just watch it together. Honestly, yeah. So we only watch it for the iCarly reboot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I haven't seen that. Uh, it's good. It's not bad. It's not as great as I wanted to be, but it's okay. Sure. So, what is that one thing in any year of pop culture that you're wanting people to check out or to stay away from? Mm, the How I Met Your Mother spinoff is awful. The How I Met Your Father? Or yeah, it's not good. Yeah, that's. It's like the sour candy in television where it tries so hard to be that raunchy element mm. of. How I Met Your Mother, but How I Met Your Father is like so opposite, and I can't get behind it. I don't like it. Like even the cast of characters, I try to find some redeeming qualities in it, and it's for only the ten episodes that it is. I wish it just didn't exist. <laughs> I really wish Disney was just on that Lizzie McGuire reboot still, and just was like, all right, let's mm. let's continue on with this Lizzie McGuire reboot. And nope, they just were like, here, Hillary Duff, just go on this series. Mm. You'll be the star. <laughs> sad it is really really sad how it turns out and they i I, like i could complain for hours but i don't want to do that here (laughs) so uh i i have a choice Um, i'm going to talk about one of these three things um so the the choice is do you want me to talk about a film that is underrated from recent years or a film that is an older film that i finally got around to seeing an old film you finally got around to seeing that's one i want to hear same okay Abby and I watched this afternoon The Man with the Golden Gun, the second Roger Moore outing of 007. Oh, what made you watch that? Uh, we've been going through the Bonds like very, very occasionally. Um, we go on kicks where we watch one like every day and then uh, and then we don't touch them for three months and then we watch one and then we don't touch them for six months and then we watch one. Um so, yeah, it's, she's seen all the Daniel Craig ones, and I've also seen all the Pierce Bronson ones. And so we made it through, through the Sean Connery ones and the um, George Lazenby one. And so just got to get to Roger Moore, Timothy Dalton for me, and uh, and then show her the Pierce Bronson ones, which I haven't seen a long time. So those will be fun uh, with, your, with nostalgia goggles. Who's your favorite? Uh, Daniel Craig, by far. Oh, um, definitely. So, but I watched The Man with the Golden Gun um, this afternoon. And I got to say, I enjoyed this movie. Now, here's here's the kind of the caveat is I was kind of half paying attention because I realized pretty early on, like, this is a relatively simplistic plot. Um, this is a variation of The Most Dangerous Game, um, but it's a fun variation. And honestly, I'm going to say something that might catch me some heat. I think this movie is a bit ahead of its time. Because really? looking at the reviews, it is not held in high regard. And look, this movie is way more comedy than any 007 movie has ever been, at least intentionally. Like Die Another Day is laughable, but not. But they weren't intending for laughable. Um, this movie is legit a comedy action, like an action comedy, um, which was like interesting. But I th- so like I think it's ahead of its time because it really feels like they were trying for what the MCU does, like where it's a relatively serious movie that doesn't necessarily like have you know especially like with the mcu started that doesn't necessarily have like this big weight and heft and all that but that also throws in some lighthearted fun here so you can have a serious movie with a couple lighthearted moments and i'm just like this just feels ahead of its time i wish the story was a little bit better and i wish that you know roger moore cared a little bit more um i've so far been very unimpressed with his bond but um you know like christopher lee is the villain Again, it's 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 a spin-off of the most dangerous game. It's got some comedy elements, some of it that really worked. And uh I had a good time. 
I think it's the perfect background watch. So one to kind of pop in and out of. So that is my spinoff. But I'm also going to say um, if if you have seen Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness or if you haven't seen it, I went this past week and saw it in 3D again and can recommend 3D. So um, it is a fun experience. Probably my recommendation would be if you have seen it and are wanting a rewatch, go see it in 3D because 3D is sometimes a little bit blurry. So um, watch it in its purest form first. And then, but you should go. You should go see it in 3D. I went on a discount night. I'm not. I'm not advocating for spending 15 bucks to see it. But I spent six bucks to see it, and that was great. So there we go. Well, that's a wrap. So a quick reminder that Sif Pop Writers Room is uh, part of the Studio DNA Network. You can check out um, uh, and follow our guests um, uh, at the provided places at the top of the show that they listed, and I will also have those linked in the episode description. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Letterbox at Schweitcastle. Uh, if you want to get in contact with uh, me and the show, send us a question to explore during the B-plot. That would be great. Writersroomatsifpop.com. And please don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you're listening there. Next week, uh, Robert and I are talking about uh, what is widely considered one of the greatest movies of all time, Come and See. Neither of us have seen it. Um, so that's that's your prep work for the next week if you do that kind of thing. And next month, talking about TV, I will have Nick and Sam on. And we'll preview Lightyear. So... Um, that's a month away. Wow, that feels like it should be farther. Uh, it feels weird how time goes fast. Click. I noticed that. Like, I realized like in, next week is Memorial Day weekend. I'm like, oh, no, it's not. It can't be. That's not right. So, uh, anyway, um, that's it. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, guys. I had a no, great time thank talking you to you for having us. It was a lot of fun. Really appreciate you, your time and voice and all that. So, and you, and your work to sifpop.com. It's a lot of fun. I love being part of the kids. It's great. Well, we will make sure to have you guys on the show again sometime, and um, we'll uh, we'll see you, listener, back here next week to talk about to listen to come and see.